there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Bitcoin is punk rock. Deal with it. You split, we bankrupt you. So do you use Lightning wallets to pay for things or not? No. Bitcoin Cash would be seen as more of a threat to the United States hegemony than Bitcoin. Miles Town, what's your favorite kind of money? Bitcoin Cash. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash. On its rise to global reserve currency, this is episode number 59, Listener Survey 2022 and Political Change. Today is Wednesday, the 7th of September, 2022, or at least it will be for the next couple of hours. <laughs> we might run over into the into the next day, I don't know, kind of a late one today. Uh, but I'm your host, uh, Jeremy, as always, Jet is producing and uh co-hosting the show and also defecting to monero it looks <laughs> like he's busting out the monero swag so traitor i've uh, had this shirt for five years please please call out a long time sleeper agent <laughs> <laughs> i like monero less now than when i got the shirt if it makes you feel any better oh really okay so things are trending away from monero what's going wrong with monero um Mostly just, I think, I think it has a uh, a very time and place kind of use case. But I I see a lot of problems as far as like everyday cash, uh, the fact that you can't really audit it, and uh, maybe there's hidden inflation bugs and all that that sketches me out. So I stick with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the Monero community they've 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 carved out a nice little niche for themselves. But it's one of those perpetual sort of paradox things like you can't it's hard to bootstrap something if you're being too general like bitcoin or ethereum they had a bit of an advantage being kind of first movers but anything else trying to be like we're just going to be one of the best coins is a hard sell but on the other hand if you are too optimized for a niche like monero is then you can attract an initial audience but at a certain point it becomes hard to kind of grow out of that because everything's just been built in that direction the whole community likes that and and there you go. You kind of made trade offs that that you have to account for in in growing bigger. So I don't know. I think they're fighting a bit of an uphill battle there. I have a tiny little bit of Monero, and I maybe will get a little bit more. But uh, you know, I'm not not super salt. There was somebody on Reddit trying to tell me like Monero is more fungible, which is one of the key Monero like points. But it doesn't really hold up to me because. Versus BCH, I mean, sure, technically it's possible to track every UTXO, but on the other hand, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a single exchange refusing or blacklisting any BCH ever. I've never had anybody or heard of anybody ever under any circumstances refusing to accept a particular UTXO, and not that that couldn't happen in the future, but kind of until it did. I mean, it's not really that big of an issue, right? Yeah. Uh... And there have been exchanges that have just like blacklisted Monero, right? Like they just won't deal with it at all. So, yeah, yeah, there's certainly a trade off to like the, I don't know, the whole transparent blockchain thing seems kind of like subtly genius in terms of making it be like, guys, we're open and it's transparent and everything. But at the same time, you just throw in a bit of cash fusion, 
throw in enough peer-to-peer cash adoption and people trading it for physical cash and there you go you've got kind of a good spread of uh protection you know so i'm i'm kind of loving it uh as far as that goes with bitcoin cash i don't know that monero's got any ft long lasting advantage there but whatever i mean the people who are into that community sure and uh they're definitely closer more closely aligned to the bch vision than a lot of other cryptos so yeah got to give them props for that i would think of it like i would happily accept monero but i think like i would almost certainly immediately move it to bitcoin cash just because it's easier like i know more people that accept bitcoin cash and it's just an easier coin for me to deal with than monero so yeah yeah I guess, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing wrong with having a bit of each. Anyway, speaking of, let's check it out the prices then. So we've got crypto had kind of a bit of a bad week, but not not really. Uh, $115.42 for BCH, but it was up just before we started the show. So it was literally just about $117 has a move since the last show we did. Uh, and one BDC buys 163.9 BCH. So we're up against BDC. And down against Ethereum, one ETH buys 13.8 BCH. So all of crypto kind of had a bit of a, a down week, but Bitcoin, BTC particularly. So the, the field was catching up and it's looking actually very weak at the moment. It was like 38 or under 38% market dominance, which I checked the all-time low for BTC market dominance is about 32.5%, something like that, just under uh, a third of the whole market so it's already close to those lows and if you take a you know a maximalist perspective you would say oh well that just means the bam the worst of the bear market isn't in and all the other coins are going to get crushed as everyone flees back into bitcoin but i just think that's that's just not happening this it's just didn't happen this cycle it's not going to happen in another cycle i can't, I can't things have moved on you know I picked a good day to wear the Monero shirt. Look at this. It's the only green one on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Exactly. Uh, disclaimer, well, though, I, I literally have, I haven't had Monero in like multiple years at this point. So fair just weather like the logo. Fan, you know, just yeah. getting in there. Oh, well. <laughs> Trend chaser, mate. <laughs> what, what, what is this? That was nice. Bull- what is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, stat of the week. So we're not doing transactions and sending USD every every week. Now we're doing a new stat. And this week, I've gone for a trading stat. I'm usually very sus of these, but this is a, a special one. We've got the BCH to BDC ratio, which is creeping over 0.006. As we just saw, we're up against BDC. And the, the chart here uh, is from Luke Pryor, who's been on the show before. Uh, you know, talks a lot in the Telegram, great guy. And he has been posting up this chart of the BCH to BDC uh, ratio that obviously it fell under 0.005, fell under 200 to 1. And then it has made for, I think, the first time like a, a long lasting significant recovery. And he's been doing the charts with the analysis of where's the support and where's the uh, breakout lines and everything like that. And I'm usually pretty sus, but he has, he has, uh, proven his his model actually in this case. I've been watching him post this chart week after week, the same chart, and he's you know with he hasn't been moving his lines and just fitting the trend. Like he dr- draws the support, and he's like it's gonna it's got to stick above this, and then it does, and then he's drawn another little line like this is where it's got to top out, and it has right. So 
I think this has actually got some credibility uh, behind it. So I asked him, what, what, what's the story with this? And he said, look, this is where we've broken out of the p- potentially the first time the one week BCH to BDC trend has properly reversed and we've hit that bottom of 200 to one and it came back up to, you know, whatever it was under 150 to one. And now it's still again, sneaking up closer to those levels and it didn't just get crushed out of it. And the longer we trend sideways, the more it seems like the two have finally sort of disconnected uh, in that way. And it certainly seems to me that with all the positive news in BCH and just with the fact that it's now, yeah, we're now more than five years. We're in the sort of second half of the the decade since the split. And we've looked at those stats before. Everybody has sold all their coins, basically. So it's now, BCH is now trading on its own destiny. And I feel like smart, even the smart BCH, that kind of is a bit off the menu now. So I, I can see the potential for a run back that, is this is that the worst it was ever going to be two hundred to one? Is that what do you think? I mean, probably. I was surprised it even got there. To be completely honest, like I think that kind. Of, I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. But it <laughs> it speaks to how fucked up the market and industry is overall. Um, but it, hey, if that's the bottom. Only way to or only, oh fuck it ruined it never mind <laughs> I can but can I can kind of see it yeah that's that's but I can I can kind of see it though uh, obviously to me I think it's ridiculous that anybody would even think the one to one was a good deal like I already think what, what a BCH is already a better uh, deal than a BCH at one to one but you know that's my opinion but when you kind of zoom out a little bit and you just take a look at the the market the more you sort of poke around and you just appreciate how much shit is going on that you're not paying attention to the fact just is that everybody knows bdc so whether or not they're you know loving it or they're heavily invested or whatever there'd be so 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 many people that just have a little bit of bdc that have no bch right and once you just add up all those people at the margins it just makes such a colossal difference and then once you throw in all the actual projects and stuff on on bdc which i think over time of probably slowly withering and dying away a little bit i like even even though there's so many trade booths and stuff at these my bitcoin miami or whatever it just sort of i don't know I, i'm not very impressed by <laughs> any brilliant bitcoin businesses it just seems more like number go up hype means there's a big enough pool of people that a few people at the top can sort of cash in with that clout um but anyway, you know, I, anyway, I can see it two hundred to one, and if that's the comeback, that would be, that's a pretty poetic story, you know, from one to one down to two hundred to one. You can't get much more underdog than that, and then the comeback that that would be pretty amazing. So, isn't this going to also attract the people that like those like, uh, there's a name for a kind of bet where it's like the odds are so out of favor for someone. Right, so if BCH is so out of favor, I can't remember what this is, but I know they yeah. do it for like horse bets and stuff like that. Um, so with that, I think I think it would make sense that it would attract that kind of person to be like, oh, BCH is so much the underdog that I swear to God. All right, Jeremy, we got that subscription <laughs> thing again. I cannot seem to mute these. I don't know what to do. The little ding noise. Yeah. Okay. Well. I don't know. Maybe the listeners are just gonna have to deal until we figure it out. But I can't. I can't even hear it. it doesn't even distract me. But I don't want to distract the 
listeners. Shout out to JDiz for subscribing and uh, Nufflebeer underscore 604, first time in the chat. And Bitcoin Jason, who's just rocking his new emote, added a new emote for for him because we had some spare slots um, as well too, so people can enjoy it. And I've added a St. Kitts uh, flag emote oh, nice. as well too, so people can be uh, busting that out in preparation for the the conference as well too so when we go um, live in november we're just gonna see exactly just bam yeah, yeah. get that out there it's already happening for st kitts you know look at that uh, quality uh what's it called like international tourism uh marketing or whatever like they're just they're doing the same thing as the bch community they're attracting interest by allying kind of with the bch community so all the hard work that has been done there i really hope that the local islanders are going to see a big boost in interest and activity and everything and think holy cow this is awesome like let's get on board with that definitely for sure um all right anyway enough about the enough about the price enough about saint kitts so uh first thing on the agenda today is the bch podcast listener survey so we're going to go through it question by question the 10 questions and all the feedback as to what people had to say i'm hoping yeah jet you can pull it up okay here we go so we're gonna gonna yeah rock through this um one by one and i will narrate it for the for the audio listeners okay so we got 39 responses so 37 loyal listeners uh submitted uh responses not everybody did every question but everybody pretty much did every question uh and then jet and i also filled it filled it out ourselves so we're part of that 39 uh if you're if you're curious about that so question one nice and simple i am male female or none of your business we got male checking in 37 responses 97.4 (laughs) percent and we've got one for none of your business uh not a single female listener or at the very least not one who is willing to (laughs) to identify themselves uh as such i mean i i, I kind of laughed when i saw this uh because on one hand it, it it makes sense right it's just it's just demographics it's just the facts like the early bitcoin community is so heavy uh full of guys and as we'll see in the next one a lot of uh people were you know from the early days of bitcoin so that's already a lot you and i are both guys obviously so it's going to be more appealing to dudes just on that and it's it's such a, a niche down the rabbit hole financey kind of thing i can see i know i do have a couple of female listeners for sure I, I know of several like subscribers and listeners but maybe they just didn't fill out the survey and uh, yeah i'm sure they're a minority of the listener listener base anyway plus plus to be honest not a lot of guests on the show are, are female we've have we've had, had a few and i do try and mix them in if you are a female listener to the show please write in you can come on the show and, and have us a chat maybe we can do one about uh you know uh, women's representation in BCH or in crypto or something, or just about whatever you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be a whole like diversity thing. Um, but anyway, it it it's like it, it just it is it is what it is, and that's fine. If guys are enjoying the show, that's great. And uh, yeah, ladies, if you're listening, you're one of the few. So <laughs> enjoy it. You're the, you're there there before the crowd, basically. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, when I first saw this, like when you sent me the link earlier, I was like, there's a chance that the none of your business was me when I was just going through that first test. Uh, so I think it's safe to say that 
hundred percent of the responses to this were male. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm fairly confident in that. That's about it. All right. Well, we we got uh, got got that going for us then. <laughs> all the all the all the lads in the in the podcast. So next question, where we have nailed it on uh, the uh, demographic spread, was the age question. I'm in my preteens, teens, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and none of your business. So uh, the answers were one for none of your business. Then we had eighteen point four percent seven answered in their twenties. Uh, 30s got 47.4%, 18 responses. 40s got 8 responses, 21.1%. And then for each of 50s, 60s, 70s, and 90s got one response each, 2.6%. So essentially 80% or more of the listeners are between the age of 20 and and 50, which kind of makes sense, right? That's the largest segment of the population anyway. But uh a lot of a lot of a lot in the like nearly half in their 30s this is kind of again it doesn't really surprise me i i would kind of thought maybe we'd get a few more of the like younger crowd like no no teenagers at all so if you are 20 years old and you filled out this survey or you're 20 and you're listening you might be one of the youngest listeners uh to the show but I, it seems to me like maybe bch is just not like a, a dogecoin that's attracting loads of random speculators or whatever it's kind of more people who are deep in the industry who have a longer time frame who've done the research i, I don't know that's kind of what it indicates to me what, what do you think i also think like we did this in the summer when teenagers would not be at their computers <laughs> True. <laughs> They're out having fun. Yeah. <laughs> All the boring 30-year-olds <laughs> stuck at home <laughs> with us. <laughs> the time of yeah. year, I think, would actually have a big thing, to, a big play in this. I think if we asked this over, like, I don't know, like someone's exam week or something, that might be when a different response. procrastinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could be, could be. But uh, I, I was really good, glad as well to see, like, yeah, we got listeners in the 50s, 60s, 70s, none in the 80s uh, on the survey at least, and one in the 90s plus category. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad as well to see. Obviously, crypto is for everyone, and it's amazing to see. My grandfather, uh, before he died, he had he had some Bitcoin. I gave him some and explained it to him. And the funny thing was that he got it faster than he was probably the second or third person in my extended family that got crypto. It was amazing. He's literally over 100 years old, and I said to him about uh, Bitcoin, and he said, okay, tell me more about that. I explained it a little bit, and he said, look, you know, I've still got these gold coins from, like, before the Second World War that I have stashed in the basement, and they are just worth a fortune now because, you know, I guess he didn't really say, like, fiat currency is garbage and all that, but he had, you know, he had the idea. He's he's lived long enough to see fiat completely devalue, so he knew that it was all rubbish, and he, he could, he got, he got it straight away, and so I gave him, like, five bucks, and he was like, this is the, this is the best, so, uh, you know, it's, it's it really is interesting that uh, age is certainly no barrier, even if people tend to think of crypto as this young, innovative kind of thing, I don't know. Did he have a cell phone? How did you give it to him? Yeah, uh, okay. he had an iPad. He had yeah, he had an iPad that he 
used to like watch videos on YouTube and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just gave him the uh, someone multi bit. Uh, that, that was yeah, that was a few years ago too. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened to it. it might be lost forever those coins, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. So yeah, glad to see we've got a good uh, good good spread of uh, the listeners going on there. I have been in Bitcoin according to your own definition. Here we go. We've got uh, obviously all the years and I even included uh, back to 2009 and then also one last option. I'm Satoshi 2007. I was <laughs> That was the troll response. I was wondering if anybody was going to go for that. Uh, but instead, so we have 2009, 1, uh, 2.6%. 2010, 1, 2.6%. 2011, 5, 12.8%. 2012, 2, 5.1%. 2013, 8, 20.5%. 2014, 4, 10.3%. 2015, 1, 2.6%. 2016, 3, 7.7%. 2021, 1, and 2022, 1 as well. So, actually, a good uh, kind of mix there, but a massively high amount of OGs. Like, this is more than half of the listeners, at least who responded to the survey, were in in 2014 or earlier, which is unreal. Because if you did a graph of the total amount of people in crypto you know it, it, those that that slice would be what less than one percent maybe maybe slightly more so but they are 50 percent represented here so I th- that's certainly playing into the fact that we it's all guys listening but it's also <laughs> just shows that the, the show is pretty pretty niche and pretty for the hardcore and obviously i'm very very flattered uh because it it just shows that i think we're speaking to the to the right people right the the real real early commute we got someone from 2009 that's crazy yeah i'm that's curious about who that is i don't know i mean i'm kind of have have an idea like the earliest guest we've had on the show is uh marcelo right and i think he he was in like mid to late 2010 if i remember right um so yeah i i, I kind of have an idea but uh maybe it's satoshi <laughs> i don't think it's satoshi but uh yeah, very, very cool. And I also think it's interesting that 2013 and 2017 were the most represented, right? With eight eight responses, 20% each. So those were the bull run years, right? So that, that that's obviously when more people came into crypto as well too. So they're statistically overrepresented. And you have, um, we di- obviously we don't have a lot of listeners from 2021 and 2022, only one each uh and none from 2020 so maybe we'll see if bch goes through a hype cycle or it gets more prominence before we do the survey in in, in a year or in two years so you know we'll be able to see if that segment grows a lot or if we retain sort of a further down the information pipeline essentially uh with the people who've been in the crypto scene longer i don't know i was almost i was almost in this 2017 bubble I almost tipped it over, <laughs> but slid in by just a couple months. Uh, Bitcoin, Jason, yeah. 2016, 2017, Nuffle bit 604, 2011, okay, yep. 
good good stuff uh that's uh that's that's awesome that's on awesome well. so you get your coins pretty soon then huh <laughs> five five pounds of uh of uh bch five euros of, uh, of bch oh it's bought my first bitcoin for five pounds each not five pounds of it okay well it might be cashing out big then uh especially if you flip it all into bch might be uh rocking it there okay next one we have i have bch only bch plus crypto some crypto but no bch and no crypto fiat for life i mean you had to i had to have this last one because it was one of the logical possibilities but i'm very glad that nobody answered no crypto and nobody also answered some crypto but no bch i thought maybe we'd have somebody listening to the show who was uh kind of curious you know thinking oh maybe this is a coin i could get into but they weren't quite sold yet you know they hadn't bought some or they were just you know doing their research but apparently no or at least they didn't go to the effort to fill out a survey instead it was bch plus some other crypto 76.9 percent 30 responses and bch only no other crypto was nine responses 23 percent so i mean that seems about right to me like bch has a has a maximalist community like a uh you know strong like bch is the only coin who really needs anything else kind of sub sub current to it but the majority of people still you know have a bit of a diversity or a bit of a bit of a spread of coins right so i don't know this this seems like a good a good mix to me i would be worried if we had like a hundred percent i have other cryptos as well as bch because that would probably mean we weren't speaking to those hardest core BCH people, but it would also be kind of worrying if there wasn't a good segment of variety, because otherwise it would show that we weren't hitting on the sort of broader crypto themes as much. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have any of the some other crypto, but no BCH or the no crypto, because I think... Uh, even though we are like focused more for the technical crowd, I think it would be good to know that there's at least someone brand new to the space that's dipping their toes in, right? But yeah, the likelihood well, might have been, but they yeah, I feel like the they might have been too intimidated yeah. to to answer the survey, yeah. right? On the same page. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah, similar thing. I mean, we have had shows with. Uh, people who are like brand new to crypto or whatever, but who knows whether they 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 do that or they then follow up and they then stick with it or maybe they just come back to it in a little while. It does make sense that I'm I'm sure these results are skewed by the most invested listeners to the show as well too. So yeah, so we're, I'm I'm sure it's not accurate to the full demographics, but it's kind of <laughs> we've got a sort of hardcore niche going and now we've got the most hardcore of the hardcore answering this uh, survey so uh that's that's certainly playing into it but on the other hand yeah i i was also surprised that we got no answers in either of those two categories but i'm kind of glad that nobody said no crypto fiat for like if you listen to this show please just like buy like two pounds of bch and just send it to yourself and play around with it because having literally zero crypto it's like just i don't i don't know what what you're waiting for basically it's not gonna bite <laughs> uh, i promise okay so then we have besides bch i have a bag of uh and then i gave a bunch of uh, crypto options so btc 
11 responses, 30.6%. And people could answer multiple. So this is not their favorite or their biggest bag. It was just whichever ones you're involved in, you can you can tick off, right? So BDC, 11, 30%. Ethereum was the most selected answer with uh, 21 responses, 58.3%. Uh, Cardano, five responses, 13.9%. Solana, 0%. Everyone, nobody likes Solana. Uh, Litecoin, two uh, responses, 5.6%. Dogecoin, three responses, 8.3%. AVAX, three responses, 8.3%. Bitcoin SV, five responses, 13.9%. XEC, uh, eCash, three responses, 8.3%. Monero, XMR, good choice for the shirt, for this show. Uh, 14 responses, 38.9%. So this was the third highest uh after eth and then something else which got 15 responses 41.7 percent uh seven percent usdt tether zero percent usdc five uh, responses 13.9 percent uh binance coin bnb zero percent bch only who cares about that trash five responses 13.9 percent and i'm a no coin and got zero percent again so this is kind of an interesting insight i would have I was expecting um, Monero to be one of the most selected here. And then Bitcoin probably also, it probably did better than I expected. I mean, I imagine, like, I don't have any Bitcoin. Like, people have a have a bit of, uh, just plenty of people have a bit of both, right? And that's, that's, that's completely fine. But it, it was interesting. Okay, 11 responses, 30% of the, the people who, wrote in have some have some bdc but ethereum by far and away the most popular option at nearly 60 percent that's that's crazy why why do you think that that is uh because they can't move it because <laughs> <laughs> the fees are too damn high can't sell it okay forced hodling that's definitely one option nobody likes solana that's kind of interesting uh i was really Cardano. surprised to yeah. see bsv so high like i mean it's not that high but like less or more than uh ecash was kind of surprising to me because it's a further away fork um and it doesn't look like it's a good project like it looks <laughs> like it's going downhill even <laughs> let's just shit on the listeners who owns bsp <laughs> well but... i mean if yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. Well, it could just be it could just be hanging out still since the fuck. But if you have BSV and you believe in that that project, I mean, honestly, uh, fair enough. I have been keeping a close eye on the BSV situation, and I do agree with with you, Jet, that I don't own any BSV and I don't really want to. And I think things are degenerating there rapidly. In fact, you can even, for as much as everybody complains about the BCH community projects are dying doom and gloom this and that gosh in bsv it's like cranked up to another level how delusional they are as to like we're just we're taking over the world but nobody knows it and also like everything's dying nobody's saying anything what are we doing <laughs> craig is like the majority of our resources but he's spending all day in court litigating stupid shit that is doesn't matter to anyone what are we doing, guys? <laughs> like, I don't know. So it seems like a disaster to me. But I would have liked to have seen kind of alongside this, and I'm I'm a little sad that I didn't uh, think of, think of this beforehand when you asked me for feedback. 
It's just like, um, so we have what you currently have a bag of, right? But I'd like to see, like, since you got into crypto, uh, how many or, like, choose all that you've tried out or, like, made a transaction in, yeah. Yeah, that that would be cool. Actually, I would guess on if you did it that way, BTC would be far higher, right? Like, yeah, obviously that would that might even be number one. There would be so many people. Like, I would be ticking that box. So many people would be ticking that box. Yeah, if if that was the criteria, I don't know. Have I ever made a Litecoin transaction? I certainly owned some uh, when I was speculating it on BTCE back in the day, uh, but I don't know if I've ever bothered or needed to send it anywhere dogecoin i definitely had some of avalanche i've never owned but i'm kind of a bit interested in bsv never i guess i own some bsv by default but i don't know where it is or if i still have it (laughs) or i i did i did actually try twitch recently for about 10 minutes so i guess i own some bsv there uh briefly um nobody's on tether that's good to see i'm glad that our frequent warnings about tether of you know we've got a switched on user base so if they completely blow up i have no (laughs) feelings of guilt about about getting someone involved in that uh few few usdc few stablecoin users but it's probably you know one of the more reliable options so still centralized but probably better than better than the other options so um Nuffle Bear asks, what development is BSV doing that others aren't? I only see them producing a bunch of propaganda on YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly right. They have CoinGeek. It's just pumping out these like streams of us at an event where it's 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 always these three or four guys on stage and then a couple people in the front row. And then when they occasionally leak a shot of the whole room, there's just nobody in the back of the room, basically. It's just the front couple of rows have some people in them. And then they always have, well, sometimes they just have no watches. It's like 10, 10 viewers or something. And then sometimes they just have 15,000 viewers, but the chat is just dead. And you know that it's <laughs> clearly botted or something. So I don't really know what they're doing. Spamming spamming the blockchain. They've, <laughs> they've got millions of transactions per day going. But who... I don't know why it's like the most first order level of thinking to think past what are all these transactions if we've got literally three times or five times or ten times as many transactions as BTC, but on every other metric it's a ghost town compared to BTC. Like why? Obviously it's not real. Uh, Anyway, that's enough uh, wrecking PSV today. Uh, they're, They're... free to do their thing okay next question uh, <laughs> ethereum will flip btc to number one crypto this was one of the questions i was most interested in the answer to actually uh so the options were 2022 this year 2023 2024 2025 later never or bch will overtake btc before ethereum does so we had 2022 this year two two people went for that 5.4 percent 21.6%, eight uh, responses for 2023 next year. That's what I voted for, I'm fairly sure. Or maybe I voted for 2024. I think I voted... Yeah, maybe I voted for 2024, which got eight responses, uh, 21.6, so the same as 2023. Then you had five responses for 2025, 13.5%. Later got two responses, 5.4%. 
Never got 10.8%, four votes, and BCH will overtake BDC before ETH does. Got eight responses, 21.6%. What do, you, what do you make of these stats? I honestly don't know what to make of them. Like, I think I voted for 2024, maybe 2025. Um, it seems like reasonable. I'm surprised with the never, but. Well, I think, I don't know. I think that there's an interesting line between never and never getting four votes and BCH will overtake BDC before ETH does. Those two are, are sort of similar-ish options, but quite distinctive, right? Yeah. BCH will overtake BDC is like the theory being okay, ETH is slowly catching up to BDC, but maybe BCH gets a surge of popularity, the world kind of wakes up, and a flippening just comes in, and then maybe BDC is just finished by default, but, you know, BCH is kind of rocketing up there. Uh, the Never is kind of a strong bet on BDC being able to either stay the king, or it can... Or just being like Ethereum's kind of running on fumes that it's going to have not much come out of the merge, not much come out of their future scaling plans, the fees are just going to be high and eventually the same as BTC, people are going to be in all the ETH killers and nobody's really going to care anymore if ETH is like the boomer whale coin whatever, right so I can sort of, I can sort of see that I definitely wouldn't have voted for never, I think it's Never is a long time. Like, uh, there's a two two votes for later. So the so let's see, a little more than fifty percent voted essentially for the range from 2023 to 2025, which to me makes the most sense. Yeah, that it won't be this year, but in the next two or three years, BDC's prospects look basically finished, and ETH, while at least well, it's not perfect, it's at least grinding forward. So given a little bit more narrative collapse they're, they're going to get over the line uh, and the whole crypto ecosystem is going to have to adjust to the idea of having a new leader i can i can see that so it's interesting that most of the most of the listeners think that but i'm i think it's overrepresented that bch will overtake btc before ETH. So i'm surprised that the listeners have have that much faith that, that bch is going to be crushing it soon very soon basically um but i don't know maybe maybe if you're more skeptical about the merge you can just say it's not going to fix their fees they they really don't have anything left in the tank so i can see that too yeah um, i'm curious when is the merge supposed to happen like next week okay. <laughs> or uh, yeah in about eight or nine days yeah that'll be exciting yeah yeah well maybe we'll have to do a live episode or something watch it live go down and it's a pretty significant moment in crypto history so yeah maybe maybe we'll see if we can do a live stream uh when it's on that would be pretty cool i think um yeah and just 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 see it all <laughs> blow up or all go great or see the live live twitter reaction i think yeah i think that'd be cool all right next question i prefer the episodes with 39 responses a guest got 25.6 percent uh, 10 responses uh, they're both good. Got twenty nine responses, seventy four point four percent, 
and nobody voted for the option no guest just jeremy and jet so interesting <laughs> sorry the listeners uh, this is their least favorite type of episode <laughs> well i guess uh the majority think anything is good uh but I, and i have had people write into the show before and say they really like that we have some of these episodes with just you and me uh and no guests and we kind of go a bit more into the into the weeds or whatever it's not focused around like a guest's uh topic of expertise so um anyway but we, we won't have too many of those because obviously uh nobody strictly prefers them uh but there is a sizable chunk that like having a guest and i guess that's good that we should keep having a good rotation of of different guests just in the in the history of this podcast i'm very aware of the fact that other podcasts tend to fall into one of two categories right usually there's podcasts with guests where every episode is a guest and there's episodes with just you know the host or the host and the co-host or the panel of the same four people or whatever it is right like a a stable thing it's kind of an unusual thing i think that this show has we have the some of it with just us and then some of them with the guests i like that but i think it's atypical for the medium i think there's quite a few that i watch where they mix it up but they're all comedian or comedy podcasts so it's like a lot of those personalities on their own have the charisma to just keep it going anyway um and and thinking like um uh the your mom's house podcast they do it so where if they have a guest a lot of the time the first like hour of it doesn't include the guest at all it's just them shooting the shit and then afterwards it's here's their here's our segment with our guest I don't know, like Lex, Lex's podcast, guest every time, Rogan's podcast, guest every time. Uh, what are the more crypto podcasts like? Up Only is like kind of, that. they're kind of a bit more like this. They have some episodes, I think, with no guests, some episodes with it. Bankless, they have a guest pretty much all the time, but then they, they do so many different random shows where there's... I mean, they have all these names for them, like the weekly roll-up and like this, that, and the other. But it's basically all just bankless, <laughs> at least to me. Uh, but they have a lot of them with guests and then some of them without. So maybe in the crypto industry, it's a bit more common to have the kind of the consistent thread of the people from that community or from that niche and then mixing in the guests where it kind of makes sense. Now that you say it, I do. I, I can think of other examples of podcasts where they have they have that split format where they do a a part that is just the the host or whatever and then a part that's with the guests yeah. we kind of don't do that if the guest is on the guest is on the whole thing um i wonder I, if anybody likes the idea of split episodes like that i guess they can write in but i'm i don't really see a strong <laughs> need for it it's just more like hassle for us to set up basically yeah i and, think it maybe if it was just like actually yeah no it would be a hassle to set up uh at least with like this the equipment i'm working with but like um if it was like maybe just if we asked them because we get a lot of guests maybe not a lot but we get some guests that don't really follow the price at all they don't follow the transactions or any kind of metrics they're just maybe in it socially and for the peer-to-peer cash so maybe it'd be useful if we asked them like hey do you want to be a part of this segment but at the same time, it's such a quick segment. Most of the time, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it just helps roll 
role into the show. The fact yeah. that we just have some general banter with them at the start and stuff. And it just seemed like we'd have to have a break in the show, right? Because either either we'd just kick them off halfway through and just be like, <laughs> all right, that was your set. See ya. Jed and I are now going to have to chat without you. Or we do it the other way and we're talking and then we kind of have to stop and be like, okay, bring in the guest. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And I then I'd have yeah. to reset the screens on here. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like a disaster. So I don't think we're going to, we're going to do that. Next question of the regular segments. I like the inclusion of again, multiple choice. Uh, potentially they could pick price blockchain analytics, meme of the week, community comment of the week, message to the community and cut them all. Let anarchy reign. So the last one only got two votes, 5.1%. Uh, as for the other segments, Price, 61.5%, 24 responses. Blockchain Analytics, 25 responses, 64.1%. Meme of the Week, 24 responses, 61.5%. Community Comment of the Week got 79.5%, 31 responses. And Message to the Community also got 79.5%, uh, 31 responses. So Community Comment and Message to the Community getting mad reps. People are loving that. So that's definitely going to stay in the show. Meme of the Week, Blockchain Analytics, and Price all kind of like favored people people like taking them out is probably a net negative because actually quite a lot of people two-thirds of people roughly are like yep i'm glad to have that in there but not there's obviously a few people that are kind of like ah shit this segment again (laughs) let me time stamp skip past this bad boy (laughs) Uh, i don't know we can't make everyone happy so if, if any of them had got a terrible rating like 30 percent or 40 percent. i would certainly be considering cutting them from the show but i think maybe we can just innovate a bit on these less popular ones like the like the blockchain analytics now being the sort of start of the week i think that might help boost it up a bit more in relevance all right moving on then yep. uh last question bch will be the global reserve currency this was probably my first or second most interesting one as well too to see what the responses were i had no idea so we've got the answers were yes, unsure, and no. So yes came in the winner with 20 votes, 51.3%. Unsure, 17 responses, 43.6%. And no came in with two, 5.1%. So I was personally actually very glad to see this. To me, this is very, very strong Uh response because it shows that yeah we're we're hitting a niche and and people genuinely believe like i i I voted for for yes and i think that you know 20 20 50 percent of the listeners are like yeah we're doing it no question (laughs) no questions asked we're we're in and uh that's that's really what the show is about right we don't need to reach everyone in the world but if you could get if we can grow that segment of people to hundred people, thousand people, ten thousand people, that's that's enough to to create a significant enough economy that everything else will just flood in by default, right? So that's that's kind of the game. And then the rest was uh, kind of unsure, pretty much. Two people voted no, so fair enough. There, maybe they're like, that's a bit unrealistic, or I'm interested in BCH, but I also like these other coins, or can't see it going all the way to global scale like there's a lot of reasons you could vote no but still not many people did um and then yeah unsure another another big segment hopefully we can 
persuade some more of those people over time uh to be bought in but only time only time will tell what what did you think uh i think i clicked on unsure to this and it was just like semantic things uh real quick though i remembered what the hell i was thinking about beforehand because we timestamp those segments it doesn't like even if only 30 percent of people enjoyed it it's like it's one click to go to where you want to be to skip over it yeah yeah, it was kind of annoying for the audio listeners. I get like oh, I yeah. know that when I'm listening to a podcast, if you're like, I hate this thing, you want to skip forward. Well, then you're kind of like, I don't want to miss stuff that I would have enjoyed though. So, you just, and the little scroller things on the phone often it jumps you forward way too far. Yeah. You want to move forward two minutes, but it moves you forward like five minutes per pip, and you're just like, oh, it's a disaster. So, do I just suffer through this like ad break that I don't want to? Well, we don't have ad breaks, so maybe I should have put that in there as a troll response. The ad break, and just see if people are like fucking hate the ad break. <laughs> uh, I don't know, or the outro, the donator shout out. Maybe I should have put that <laughs> put that on there. No, you got to. That's at the end though, so you can just tune out if you don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but with the the global reserve currency thing, I think, I think I answered unsure, and it's just like I would feel a lot more confident answering yes or no if just beside it you were like, "Here's the definition I'm working with." Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should have, maybe I should have put that in there. But may, maybe maybe it's better that I I didn't in the sense that uh it's it's up to the listeners like when we set when i say it at the start of every show it's not like i'm giving a whole merriam webster like breakdown of it it's more up to people i mean i chose that uh slogan because i think that encapsulates the idea i imagine people seeing it if i if i said what is the global reserve currency people would say the us dollar right and so what does that mean that means the vast majority like it's the biggest currency in the world by liquidity by trade it's used in the most geographic places uh and i imagine as this all comes to pass in my head at least that bch will be bigger than the usd because the usd sort of has a bit of a limit to how much it can suck up all the other smaller currencies because there's too many political interests in having their alternative systems you know huge economies in russia and china and all the, all the eu and whatever okay so <laughs> but I but I see it as like in the end it you know it might be like a Pareto distribution that eighty percent of the world operates on BCH and then twenty percent is kind of the combined rest of the crypto market and then point one percent or zero percent is fiat once every that just hyperinflates to shit and then or maybe like one percent is like gold or something uh, yeah that's kind of my my vibe okay. Uh, I would have, I would still, I would still click on sure. I would need to think about this. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big goal. Not, not exactly shooting low hip. One thing to say about this though, is that in choosing that as the, as the slogan, as the mission for the show, which I did, because I think that was the, that was the vibe of Bitcoin, at least obviously to me, ever since I found out about it, that was the. That was the game plan. I don't know that everybody was really explained or I definitely wrote some old Reddit posts back in the day, which have now been censored and deleted, but uh, I definitely wrote some posts sort of outlining this a little bit and they got a really good response at that time. Uh, so 
I always felt that that was the that was the game plan, but it's been lost. It's the message kind yeah. of you have to dig through so much crap to sort of figure that out. Uh, if you're new to it all, it's kind of like, what is this new currency? And then now, especially that there's a million other competitors, the so why it's any different to the others is a lot less clear. And what, okay, people can do some online trading, but is it going to really replace my fiat currency? Well, seems to kind of just coexist. It's not really taking over. It's not really, you know, so I think joining the crypto ecosystem now, it's easy to miss that the game is to take over totally basically yeah i would like to answer yes but we need more people yeah but that's the that's the and that's another part to it too is that it is deliberately binary yeah. it is it is kind of all or nothing because if i mean maybe there's there can be this sort of ongoing continual ruckus of of cryptos but we've kind of gone past the point of the Cambrian explosion, right? I'm sure there's more cryptos being created now, but probably even if BTC dominance is dropping, I would guess that the top 50%, you know, the top uh, 30 or top 50 coins are probably now stable or increasing against the long tail of the rest of the crap. Yeah. And I think that that list is now going to like narrow down like more of the weight is going to move towards the top probably distributed differently among those top coins, but the, the longer lasting, bigger projects are going to just outpace w w everyone's random 10 second project. They're just going to stop accruing any real value at all. So, but it kind of has to be to sustain, to sustain a proper fee market and be able to pay for institutional, uh, international level mining security with proof of work you need to have a massive user base at some point so seems inevitable to me that <laughs> we get we get one shot yeah. we make it work or or we don't kind of thing i don't know having a lot of early listeners to the show is also good uh that kind of ties into this too i think as well all right Let's chat about all the suggestions, questions, and comments. We might just have to rip through these. Uh, I did want to try and get to everything that everyone uh, wrote, but yeah, there's going to be a long show. <laughs> we go through all this. Okay, first one, awesome test. That was you testing uh, this out when you got it. So yeah, good work. It worked. Okay, adding a section to promote one online business that accepts Bitcoin Cash so that the community from anywhere in the world can support that e-commerce business. Yeah, that, I think that would be a cool idea. It's been suggested a couple of times. If you have a business and you want to be shouted out on the show, uh, write in and maybe we'll maybe we'll start a segment like that about uh, you know Johnny's Pizza Shop or whatever in wherever it is, is now accepting BCH and they listen to the show. So check it, especially if you sell stuff online too, because uh, maybe then people could, could buy from you in BCH uh, referred by the show. That would be super cool. Uh, add the show to Odyssey and other decentralized video platforms. We've we've already done that, so check it out on Odyssey. It's there. Consider the redesign of the BCH logo. Like Bitcoin is a circle, but BCH being a circle doesn't make sense. It should be like a rectangle to represent cash. Okay, well, I think we've we have discussed on the show a few times about this, and the circle is actually better, I think, because it 
it's more aesthetic it looks cleaner it's more linked it's more like a coin and we did try with the with the wings if you go back and you look at some of the early bch logos like there was a lot more of this cash bill type of logo but they just fell off because it just looks it's just less sleek and I, I don't I don't get it. I think that's perfect how it is now, actually. So anyway, I've had a, a intervening question here from Nufflebeer604. Any thoughts on the Binance forced conversion of user funds from USDC to BUSD? Tactical, calculated move, or huge reg, red flag of the ship sinking? Uh, the, the ship sinking. So any thoughts on Binance forcing people to convert their USDC? I think... They're just trying to get their share of the stablecoin pie, basically. And if they have to force a few people into, like, they're trying to create a little world garden, right? Just like iOS or anything, Binance. They have their company coin. They've got to get people into it. This is a bit of a bit of a dick move, really, forcing people <laughs> off it. But on the other hand, if they can put it under their control, then at least if it blows up you know it's under their watch right if usdc blows up and tons half tons of the people using their service get burnt by usdc they're going to be get the lash back from that uh whereas if their own thing blows up of course they're going to get the lash back because it's already their thing so i think they're just sort of removing their risk it does seem weird that because uh, i don't i don't can't people just sell their bnb or bosd back into usdc afterwards themselves if they want so doesn't seem like it stops anything really any thoughts on that uh no <laughs> not your keys not your coins if it's on exchange they can do whatever they want with it yeah exactly so including force liquidating you <laughs> into a different stable coin tough tough shit on that okay um so anyway we talked about the logo that's already been discussed on the show as well too please don't use google for your next survey Okay, I mean, the reason I did was because it was convenient, it worked, they have a beautiful little builder, it all went great. I would consider this, but you didn't give me an alternative. What should I use instead? If you'd said, use this other thing instead and a reason why, I would be more likely to consider it. Uh, but yeah, hard to know where to go with that one. Okay, consider reaching out to the community for an interpreter to translate the BCH LATAM guests. I think the work they're doing is important and they have more to say, but are restricted due to the language barrier. Allowing them to speak freely in their native tongue and interpret the English may allow for a better dialogue. Yeah, true. And this was something that I did think about before we had them on the show. I thought the better... I had talked to them a little bit, so I was confident their English would ho hold up well enough, and uh, I was able to speak with them in Spanish as well a little bit, like I did on the show too. So I thought that was kind of enough. I think it's an interpreter would add a lot of friction. I think people think that that makes it easier, but actually it would have made things harder, I expect, because then everything you say, the interpreter has to say, and then translate it back and so then that means we're now taking twice we would only get through half as much or less actual discussion like to start with in the amount of available time and the edited version might be okay but the live version would be super painful probably and i don't think and then people would be hearing the interpreter's voice and not the, the just the genuine voice and inflection of um you know the original speakers as well too like uh jose and talia so i like i don't uh, i i don't know i i think it was kind of fine how it was 
but it's an interesting thing to consider especially if we had somebody whose english was really unable to keep up but i don't know just the perils i guess of of having a global community it's a good thing basically that we've got got people all around the world um involved you know so yeah i don't know I'll, I'll i'll think about it if that situation comes up again love it keep up the good work thank you for doing it yep thank you very much glad you're enjoying it great stuff maybe more interviews from with the community could be loyals from st kitts satoshi's angels yeah absolutely i mean we've had uh cheap lightning on he's a, he's a satoshi's angel he's the number one <laughs> most common guest on the show but Certainly some of the other uh, people from uh, Satoshi's Angels do great do great work and I'll, I'll see about maybe uh, interviewing some of them at some point. And St. Kitts, well, we'll be doing that at the at the conference, right? That's that's when that's going to go down. So I think I think just, yeah, more coming on, on that. More ways to make money with BCH, please. BCH is the money. Uh, so whatever your job is, don't look for ways to make money in BCH. However, you're already making money. Turn that into a way to make BCH. Ask your boss to pay you in BCH or give a percentage of your salary or wherever you can find a, a work or a job. Be doing the work and be making money and then ask to get paid in BCH. That grows the economy. That's that's my answer there. Um, yeah, BCH is the money. Uh, bring back BCH builders. Okay. Uh, I'm considering it, you know, it definitely, there was a seed of something good there, but it was not worth the time that we we're investing for the output, I think, but, uh, stay posted. Cause there's, there's, there's more in the works with that. Something like that it might not be exactly the BCH builders, but something in that vein would probably come out. Certainly if I was getting enough like donations or enough if my life was set up to a point where i could do this show full time then it would make sense to do that uh, for sure because it would be something like we could just have every monday could be the dev session or something and it could be even a separate thing and people who didn't just wanted to listen to the podcast they could and that would be fine um but as it is now <laughs> on the available like time and resources it's like you've just got to do the podcast i think Okay, learning about new apps, websites, not BCH related per se, but at least using BCH somehow is always good info. Maybe introducing a short ad segment for those companies to say what they're doing and potentially as well specifying job openings on the BCH crypto aspect of things. This could be free or not for them after all the podcast needs some financing too. Yeah, I mean, I'm ha I'm happy to uh, discuss with anyone in the scene who wants to sponsor the show. Um, I've, I think we even had we have had somebody reach out to that uh the deal didn't come together for different reasons but the potential was there like uh if there are other things in the scene uh, i'm happy to consider it i'm definitely not going to like sell out the show i'm not <laughs> grubbing for money or anything so uh if it will only work if i'm actually convinced by the product and they are a part of the organic community and stuff but given the right case it could work um as well as yeah job openings for the bch and crypto aspect it's kind of similar to before like just get a job anywhere and then make that into a crypto job but we do try and highlight like all the guests we have on the show all the projects that we mention all the links are there to follow them on twitter and do that stuff just reach out to those people directly uh, if they're hiring just ask them if they are and if they are they'll say yes or what can you do or whatever and um 
I don't know, the way to get a job in the industry in BCH is is basically just to be involved. If you're involved and you're doing things, you're producing output, you're talking on Telegram, you do you'll naturally link up with people and find with your skills and find your way into it. So yeah, if you're looking for a job, that's probably the way I would recommend uh doing it. Any any thoughts on that, Jet? Uh I feel like I'd also like to know about more BCH jobs, but I don't. It's not like there's no like uh, Indeed or LinkedIn for BCH, right? And the the attempts that there've been for like job posting boards uh, haven't really worked that well. So I think you're right, and that you should just try and make whatever normal job you have into something that earns you cryptocurrency. Although it is a lot easier said than done, right? So, but I don't know. Just keep. Like, be persistent. Be nagging if you have to. Uh, if you really want BCH, I'm sure there's a way. I mean, people think... I agree that it can be hard and it does depend on your circumstances. If you, Like, if you're working for a small company, it's maybe easier to get it over the line than if you're working for a big company and there's a whole finance department and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a job, your employer is going to listen to you. Like they might not immediately say, yeah, great, let's do this. Maybe if you're lucky, they will. But the fact is you you are working there for, they need you on, like businesses don't just ignore their staff and their requests and everything like that because you, you work for them. Like they, they need your skills. They are paying you. You're doing a good job, especially if you've been there for, you know, longer than three months or whatever. So you do, you do come in with some leverage and I guess it depends how much you care about this specific issue versus trying to get a, another raise or try and get, uh, I don't know, more holidays or trying to get uh, more remote days or like whatever other things that you're sl- sort of slowly building up in your career or your negotiations with them. Um, but if you do really want to do it, yeah, just, just, just stick at it and just bring it up regularly without being annoying. And it will, it will percolate around in their brain if you're serious about like there's nothing more serious about crypto than saying pay me in this that's the ultimate expression of this is valuable and this is what i want <laughs> like this is working uh th- so the more people we can get doing that um but you know that that's basically like you're gonna have to put in the work you're gonna have to train the finance department and explain to people and yada yada like go through the tax stuff in your local area and so on and so forth but yeah if you want to do it uh that's the way that's gonna you've got to do it okay one important thing here is to stay away from the old speculative aspect of things be more on the lookout for new things or real use cases i think we we try and do that i don't know that we're too heavy on the speculation on this show uh but i mean we do have the price segment it is a part of the scene but uh i think yeah i think any new things are real use cases i think we're on it as fast as we can be um, but maybe not maybe that's why we're getting feedback about it thoughts on that well mm, the only thing that i could think of that might be relevant here is smart bch but look how that turned out yeah and we did give it pretty good coverage while it was rocketing along as well too so yeah, I think we did give it a little more time at the very beginning, though. We weren't, like, people were asking for a Smart BCH episode, and we were like, we'll get to it. 
Yeah, and we did. We did a couple of them that were focused on it and stuff, and then it was kind of covered where relevant. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess there was a lot of token speculation. Anyway, it, it uh, and so from that same comment, uh, the second half is in addition. It is important that you do not to say to those companies it has to be BCH, but if it's not BCH, the community not, not respond well. Hence, giving them an incentive to open up to BCH. Yeah, so like we're not going to be going on the show. We're not going to be shilling or shouting out like too many crypto agnostic type of projects because those like uh, being in a niche has its ups and its downs right if you're in a niche like bch if you're in a specific coin the upside is you're going to get more support from people who are also dedicated to that coin and the downside is you're going to get you're in a smaller pond so if you're crypto agnostic you kind of got to do it the hard way because the, the you know your default allies are not obvious but on the other hand you can kind of shotgun out to everyone right so mostly this show is going to focus on things in bch and specifically in bch uh basically i said in the survey of all bch this is false i'm more like 90 percent in bch there was no option for mostly bch anyway keep up the good work yeah that's another thing we could have uh could have added but i didn't think of it at the time so we didn't do it uh next one with electrical grids failing around the world due to climate change Will most server farms migrate towards the poles? How will the internet and electrical infrastructure deal over the next 10 to 20 years? An episode about that would be very interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. I think we did that episode with Nick Cornell about the logistics uh, infrastructure and everything. So maybe check that out if you haven't heard that. I can't remember what number. Maybe it was 40 something. But if you look up, uh, log- if you look through the episode tells you find logistics with Nick Cornell there's a lot of it's kind of in that same um vibe right uh and we were talking about mesh networks as well on the previous episode so that might also be um one that you could look at episode 58 so yeah those would be cool but that yeah electrical grids uh and internet infrastructure at a deeper level that would that would be a super cool topic maybe we can do do one about that Excellent podcast. Great work. Thank you very much. Glad you're enjoying it. Fantastic podcast. Keep it up, boys. Again, same thing. All right, here we go. Getting a bit of uh, update on this ETH stuff. ETH won't flip BDC because uh, proof of stake change will kill ETH now. That ship will sail in September. Only BCH will flip BDC when the world has finally realized, uh, has finished realizing only BCH is noble. Yep. that, that definitely could be the way it plays out. I guess we're going to know in, in a couple of weeks. Maybe not no, no, but we'll have some more evidence whether the merge was all a nothing burger or whether there was some legs to it we're going to be able to see in real time. But I can see that if the merge doesn't go well, there's certainly a case that ETH is a bit finished, right? Because uh, when, what are they gonna, what's in their bag of tricks? This has been the most hyped up thing for like years and years and years. And if it just turns to be like, nobody really cared. <laughs> that's it. Where, where, how, where's, how do you recover from that? I don't know. We're going to see, I guess. Do, I, I'm always curious, like how much of this is by the rumor, sell the news. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could be, I feel like there could be a bit of a dump afterwards. But I'm not betting heavily on it or anything. Okay, my XCC is from the fork, just waiting for more irrational ratio pumps to fully exit. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Keep strong. Let's see what happens in the next halving event. Godspeed and BCH for life. 
absolutely bch for life changing the game enjoy the honesty keep it up thank you yep again that's also something that uh i'm really glad to hear like this show being the sort of hardcore thing that it is i, I like that it is like that and i'm not gonna water it down to try and have a bigger audience or to become the same <laughs> price is going up <laughs> shocked reaction face that every other crypto channel is or not everyone but a lot of them are so yeah just keeping it real on this show basically um great job keep going let's make sure we separate money from state bch is our best bet at the moment if something better comes along let's make sure we support that we crypto slash freedom movement should focus on reaching the goal and reject distractions such as maximalisms all the best to you from portugal yeah absolutely so i mean a bit of a weird combo there saying uh, we need to focus on the goal um, and focus on our best bet, BCH, but also reject distractions of maximalism, but then wanting to switch coins if a different thing came, like, well, what kind if, of a bit both what ways if there. the distractions of maximalism is just the, like, the baggage of the word? You don't need to even think about maximalism, just support the thing that gives you the most freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what that's what Roger Veer is always saying, right? He's always saying, like, I just use whatever works best and whatever gets me the most freedom and BCH is the best option, but other options I'm down for. And if like if, if somebody invented quantum coin or something, I mean that just sounds like a scam coin, but uh the next that's what people don't really understand that the next Bitcoin it's not going to be the next Bitcoin in the same way that Bitcoin was not the next gold. It's going to be in a new category and nobody's going to see it coming. That's the whole point of it being a new revolutionary, like paradigm shifting thing. So if there was something that was genuinely in the, the, the category of like, we've upgraded money beyond the Bitcoin or crypto level of technology, then for sure, that might be the way to go. But <laughs> we're pretty unlikely to see that in the short or medium term because you only get so many paradigm shifts in a given industry at any one time, right? So, um, okay. Uh, incorporate some BCH tutorials on Smart BCH and other BCH websites. Also really enjoy when you cover BCH community news and drama that I can't follow, but we can keep up to speed when you review on the podcast. Appreciate your work. BCH equals freedom. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean... BCH tutorials, you can have a look. I shout out at the end of every episode, bitcoincashpodcast.com. There's loads of stuff there. Uh, check that out. There's FAQs. There's links to other stuff. There's the recommended channels. There's like Telegram groups. There's the code uh, section that explains all about uh, building stuff. Yeah, check that out. I think uh, that's where that information is. Regular information on the development of BCH. I'm highly interested in where BCH is going. Development is critical and will make or break it. Yeah, like we do uh, cover. I think this is already a fairly techie show. I mean, I'm a dev, you're a dev. We have devs on as guests. We do cover the protocol development and stuff like that fairly extensively. I don't think we're really at a... If anything, I would probably tone down the amount of technical aspects that we have to it. But it, it, it just comes back to that same thing. It's a fairly, you know, to the point show for people who are most bought in and undeniably crypto involves a lot of tech i think it's quite interesting that shows like bankless like those guys have no idea they just 
sure they have some devs on once in a while to say oh yeah <laughs> don't worry guys the merge is sick but it's like they're not they're not opening up the code they're not tweaking the parameters themselves or anything they're just taking it on faith and adding hype uh i don't know whether in the long run that's gonna start to come around as people are gonna wonder what what are these crypto influences that can't actually code like what's that about I, I don't know if that's gonna play into it or not but i don't know how much i think there'll be an ex expectation that you'll be able to read code but maybe not write code can you can you can you learn to read code without writing code uh, what what is that who, who who is like that what <laughs> well like i'm just thinking like you can learn kind of like the logic and syntax at like maybe like a grade two or grade three level and then i think you can kind of like figure like piece things together from there but maybe some of the more specific methods or like the uh, design style of a language people might not have a clue about right Maybe it's just like learning well, logic <laughs> rather than learning uh, yeah. to read uh, a program. I mean, I sort of feel like once you get down the rabbit hole, yeah, you're going to be down the rabbit hole. Like there's certainly people and I, you know, I work with some actually and who are, who are, they're not developers, but they're, they're pretty close. Like they would be, they're, they're strongly technical is basically the word and they and they work with us the devs all the time and maybe yeah they can kind of read a bit of the code and they know like quite a lot of what's sort of going on it may, yeah maybe you're right maybe it will be like that like people who are product managers in tech companies uh often have a pretty good kind of sense of what's going on even if they don't know the exact like details uh, of it all they kind of they they're a lot closer than just your average punter type yeah. of vibe. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's the way it's going to trend. I don't know, but I do expect that over time. Yeah. The technical element is going to weigh into it heavier. Yeah. I think it's going to be harder and harder to be a known like crypto has always had a lot of strong voices from, from the devs. But I think as time goes on, just if you are not enough of a dev, you're just going to have a harder and harder time getting involved in any, especially any of the network, like governance, stuff like that. You're just not going to have all that much of an opinion if you don't have some some dev skills or the ability to at least, um, you know, interact with devs a lot, basically, to be more in that product manager role. Because, yeah, otherwise, just that that's where the that's where the metal meets the road, basically. So, um. Yeah, okay. I'd love to have Gavin, Roger, and other very early OGs interviewed. Well, I mean, <laughs> we we have interviewed a lot of OGs on this show. Maybe not Gavin and Roger, but there's loads of episodes with with, with crypto OGs. Uh, Marcelo Flash, a great one to go and check out. That was episode 17. We've had like Cheap Lightning on a bunch of times. You know, George Donnelly, Mark DeMiesel, some of them, 20, you know, 12... Um, Josh Ellathorpe, episode 50. That was one of the most popular episodes. There's a bunch more. I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton as well, too. Like, we've had a lot of people on this show who are, who are crypto OGs or Bitcoin OGs. So if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, go dig around in the archives a bit because there, there's plenty of that. 
Uh, as for these, like one specifically mentioned, Gavin, he would be one of the people I would most like to have on the show. I don't want to go, you know, ask him or anything unless unless the show's kicking off and it doesn't seem like uh, clout chasing or, or whatever. But he, he seems a bit invested in keeping a low profile at the moment. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know whether he doesn't... He, he could be on the BCH scene if he wanted to be, but he's conspicuously not. So uh, <laughs> maybe one day, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, and as for Roger, he was the most uh, requested guest right when the show started, which was also the least likely time that he would have been interested in in doing it. But I mean, there are hundreds of interviews of Roger that you can go and look up. Uh, if you want to hear his thoughts on almost anything under the sun, there are literally thousands of hours of, of him publicly uh, talking. I do think it would be interesting to have him on the show. And if we did, I would, it, I would do it differently. Uh, you know, I've watched loads of those interviews, hundreds of hours of it myself. So I would not be rehashing the same thing. How did you get into Bitcoin? What's the story about Bitcoin Jesus? Tell us how you wound up in prison. <laughs> like, what are you doing now? What Saint Kids? Why Bitcoin? We wouldn't talk about any of that. Uh, it would be, it would be, you know, that would all be assumed knowledge for the listeners or whatever. Um, but, but maybe one day, I don't know. Have you purchased anything from Cabela's since fleeing the United States? Because <laughs> Cabela's <laughs> was another company that was selling the same like oh the firecrackers yeah yeah, yeah. but they didn't yeah, get any yeah. shit i'm just being an oh, ass. of course not it's all a politically <laughs> politically hatchet job yeah um you know but yeah so i think yeah it would be it would be uh i mean if he ever wants to come on the show he's welcome to send me a message and uh stuff he's definitely liked a few of our twitter posts and stuff in the past so i think he keeps an eye on the show um but yeah we might see i might meet him at the conference in um St. Kitts, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, he's also the kind of guy that you don't want to take up his time unless <laughs> unless you got a very good reason. Because the uh, the per rate hour, the per per hour rate <laughs> is ridiculously high. <laughs> so uh, you want to be you want to be mindful of that um, in that kind of case. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, and then final one, great show, love it. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm I'm glad that everybody does enjoy the show. I enjoy doing it. All right, so that was all the feedback and all the survey responses. I don't know how much more. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on with the rest of the topics, but we might have to skim through a bit of this stuff because this show is going to go on forever uh, now that we did that all in, in such detail. Uh, but yeah, all right. Oh, here we go. This is definitely something we have to cover. So the AnyHedge alpha testing, they have announced it as completed. So this is one of the most hype apps coming out for Bitcoin Cash. Oh, you got a chance for that? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm going give to you, give you the rundown of what happened. So uh, AnyHedge, for those who don't know, is this uh, protocol that's been in development by General Protocols. Uh, and the idea with a lot of, uh, you know, really uh, deep in the scene BCH people. And the idea is that you will be able to essentially lock in any amount of, it's essentially the volatility solution. It will let you put any amount of BCH in and then you guarantee at a future time 
that you get back the same amount of value. Uh, I'm going to say in USD, but the crit. So you can imagine that you okay. I put in a hundred dollars of. I put in a hundred dollars worth of BCH, and then in one month or one week or one hour or ten years, I get back that same one hundred US dollars worth. So you can think of it as like sort of a weird version of a stable coin in that sense. But the, the, there's several key elements to it, which is that this denomination can be in any asset. So it doesn't have to be USD. You can put in $100 of BCH in uh, euros or in pounds or in gold bars or in Big Macs or in anything you want, anything that has a price oracle uh, distributing a price feed for it. You can have that. And it's also obviously all um, built into the scripting and the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. So that means that you can't get rugged. Uh, like it, it is literally impossible that you get you get rugged. You, you, you know, provided obviously everyone will need to verify all the open source software and so on. But, uh, you know, once it's a proven working in production thing, you there's there is it you have the oracle and as long as you're trusting the oracle which you've tried to give you the price feed and they don't even need to know you're using them as the price feed um and their incentives are to provide accurate information but uh, you can even have a consortium of the price feeds if you weren't necessarily trusting okay coinbase what if they get the prices wrong well then if they have a bug or something so we'll do best five out of 10 of the top 10 exchanges as to the price of Bitcoin cash or something like that. You can, you know, set it up to any level of complexity that you want uh, that is then providing a pr price feed. And so the idea is then that people get matched up with the people who want the coin to be stable versus the people who are essentially on the other side of the trade who want the uh, leverage. So if you're a trader and you want to be trading on leverage, so getting, twice as much or five times as much or 10 times as much exposure to the to the price uh you know if it goes up one dollar you make ten dollars but also if it goes down one dollar you lose ten dollars uh there's obviously a huge market of people gambling on cryptos and it basically is matching up those people with the people who want their crypto to not uh fluctuate in value because if the price goes up then the person gambling is making more and the person stable is basically uh, sending them their BCH and the other way around. If the price is going down, the person gambling is essentially uh, funding the the person who wants to keep their amount stable. So anyway, this has been this is one of the most hyped things and a huge step forward for the ecosystem. There is nothing like this in any other cryptocurrency. It's not even close. And there's no way that BDC or BSV or any other thing can catch up to this very far, even though it is all open source because their chain doesn't support the primitives and the scripting and everything that has been built into the Bitcoin Cash protocol for this kind of uh, stuff. So anyway, uh, I got a chance to test it out. It was like uh, on the weekend, it was a couple of days ago, just before they announced this. Uh, and yeah, try out their sort of alpha internal uh, version. It was about one hour uh on the on a on a call with them they sent me a link and said here give this a bit of a go uh, and i just walked them through as i was clicking around kind of what i thought so from my point of view the functionality was like rock solid uh i was testing it with one other guy 
and he he had some like minor bug, uh, but his contract still worked, and I made two contracts, one in, um, one in USD and one in Dogecoin, and they both worked perfectly fine. So it was all rock solid. It's not vaporware, it like it's a it's a solid thing, and clearly. I mean, that's what you expect when you're doing alpha testing. You're most likely to run into uh, technical bugs. Uh, please refresh this. That kind of thing. None of that happened really. Uh, so it is super solid and the, it has been well thought out. Uh, the feedback that I did give them and the areas where I think there's a very large room for improvement, to be honest, was the design and a lot of the UI elements, things. I mean, I am a front end <laughs> app developer for. A, for a profession so i did have a lot of a lot of thoughts about that but just uh luckily that stuff is quite easy to fix like it's very simple if okay the colors are a bit wrong and the spacing is a bit uh out of joint and the it's confusing which which items are grouped with which other items and the like navigation hierarchy could be a little bit different and the uh, responsiveness of the screen all these kind of things I think they've got quite a way to go on that. But like I said, I gave them a lot of feedback and it's quite easy to improve. And they did already take on board a lot of my uh, points and I'm sure they'll iterate on that going forward. So I think this is just kind of typical of the Bitcoin Cash community, really, that the engineering side is super strong and very, very solid. Uh, going back right to Satoshi in the early days, right? He didn't, Bitcoin definitely didn't look beautiful v0.1 but it still works bloody good and that's essentially where bch is at and if we can get a few nicer sort of wrappers going on the outside a bit more product design a few more ui uh focused devs and a few more uh designers and ux kind of experts in the mix somehow we're gonna have some killer stuff and it's really starting to starting to come together so yeah, that was my initial thoughts. Do you have any, do you have any questions about it? <laughs> so this, um, did you ever use Cryptofill or DToken? I yeah, I did use DToken. Okay. So uh, yeah, so it it was, and that was a lot of how it struck me uh, too, which I also told told to them. They have it is essentially DToken, but the UI wasn't quite as uh, refined and and slick. That's kind of what we're talking about. Nice. I'm pumped then. Yeah. That's how I just needed confirmation that it was like that. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll uh, get back if the. Well, I suppose this is an exchange, right? Because it's all non custodial and on chain. Yeah. So is this. 20? Okay. I'm. I'll have to pay more attention to this. I'm super curious. Yeah. Like. So do you know anything? How how does I don't understand how Bitcoin contracts work at all. Like I kinda understand Ethereum contracts, but how does this work? What well, what do you mean how does it work? Well, so there's the scripting language. I and I again I'm definitely not the expert on all this, but there's the scripting language in the the network processing, right? So right. people put their their script that has certain uh it has a kind of weird syntax where you put things on and off to a stack instead of just doing like you know regular variables and whatever but there's kind of the opcodes right that run that and then you write up a, a little program and then you essentially hash that which goes into the bytecode 
the locking script that goes on a on a utxo and then for the standard utxo is just like pay to this person's public key or pay to this person's hash of their public key yeah but if you get more into this this kind of stuff then it's like pay to this script and the script says you can only kind of redeem these coins in this certain ratio given the price oracle signs a message saying that the price is at a certain point and we're past a certain timestamp and you know everybody signs off appropriately kind of thing okay maybe we'll have to get uh we've had emergent reasons on the show maybe we'll have to get uh him back or yeah somebody who's who's in the weeds to to give it more of a more of a breakdown uh but go anyway go you everyone can go check out the annie hedge website and the general protocols website and their twitter and stuff and there's more detail there if even if you want to dig into the code and stuff not all of their code is open source and, and whatever quite yet but there, there's already some stuff. I've had a look at it, and it looks really good. I got to be honest. The, uh, it's still, it's still early days. In like, yeah, it it will benefit a lot from having six months, twelve months, eighteen months of having some more devs come in and make some nicer wrappers and stuff. That's a bit bit easier to use at the moment. There's a lot of moving parts, uh, to it, but that's just the early stages, right? It will get simplified over time. Uh, and then somebody will also add. It will also get proven in in production. You know, some of the edge cases and bugs will get will get worked out, uh, and and then it'll just be like plug and play. At a certain point, it'll be really easy. Uh, they they did also announce that Paytucker, uh, one of the BCH uh, open source wallets, is also working with them on an integration. So hopefully, people should be able to test this kind of stuff pretty soon. Uh, I, I imagine I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but they have announced that this alpha testing is done. So I imagine the open beta might be probably within the next two months, maybe maybe sooner, maybe maybe even within a month. Um, and I don't know about the Paytaka integration yet. Yeah, maybe maybe six weeks or something like that. At a at a complete guess. So yeah, everybody's going to get a get a crack at this before too long. I think. You think it'll be ready for Saint Kitts? Uh yeah. Like I think it'll be out there. Okay. I, it's obviously not going to be mega slick. We're not going to be onboarding <laughs> merchants day one. Look, here's your instant uh, click a button and your money's all locked in. It's not going to be like that by that stage, I don't think. But the the concept is the whole point of course, is that the, the hardest part is starting, right? Once it's out there and once there's a working version, well, they're going to get community support, community interest. Uh, they can obviously validate. We have something that people need. And at the start, right, any hedge uh, general protocols are going to make the market. So they are going to fund. Like if I want to come along, if I want to spe- you know, speculate 50 bucks, they will they will take the other side of the trade so that I don't have to wait around. Nobody wants to take my fifty dollars, right? But as over time, as the trade and the volume builds up, they will then be able to create a matching engine and maybe even open source tools, different things, you know, so that everybody can just interoperate because it will all be able to operate either in the network protocol itself or maybe in just a sort of layer above that uh, with some kind of coordinating open source server or something. 
so that then we can be building up a, a liquidity pool of the speculators on one side and the people wanting stability on the other side and you just have a market driven matching rate for how many you know it will be it will it will prove to be a very minimal fee in the end right which might be you know a couple cents or something like that uh you know per trade or maybe less maybe fractions of a cent and it will be you know if there's if there's too many people that want to lock their value then the rates will go up for people to come in and and speculate and if there's too many people speculating then the rates will go up for people locking in their value which would be amazing because that would be like to these merchants we can go and say hey guys here's here's your bitcoin cash register or whatever you need you just got paid your 50 bucks you can lock it in at this usd rate and you're already going to be earning half a percent interest per year just for having it sit in there like that that just this is some killer shit that other cryptos don't have if they have their payouts it's like luna it's a scam they're printing out new coins out of nowhere right but this is like taking all the economic energy that is powering things like binance like coinbase like whatever and instead distributing it directly among the participants on the network and cutting the exchanges out so it could be absolutely massive and somebody was asking about how is this going to impact the price well obviously it's bullish just in the sense that the ecosystem is growing that we've got cool projects coming out we're having new stuff um but the there's no way that this can decrease the price and it can potentially massively increase the price and the reason is that both the person speculating and the person locking their amount of us uh you know usd or whatever currency uh they both have to lock up their bch to do it so if you imagine the supply of 21 million coins both the shorting and the long side they both are freezing their that amount of bch for the for the duration of the the contract and as the liquidity starts flowing there'll be more and more people locking locking that up and especially once like it's just the rabbit hole of this is just so deep i mean we're already well into the weeds by this point but uh you think about the cash tokens is coming in the next um hard fork hopefully the next uh, network upgrade in may 2023 and once you combine the ability to tack arbitrary uh tokens onto these contracts well then now you can have sort of a secondary market of people trading back so if i want to send you twenty dollars I might have an any hedge contract for $20 and instead of sending you $20 of BCH, I just send you the access to the, to the contract for $20. And now you have a kind of decentralized stable coin, which can never depeg because at the end of the day, it's always backed by provably on chain by that exact amount of BCH and anybody can be entering or liquidating at any time and getting back that exact amount. Like it's just crazy the amount of stuff that can come out, and then <laughs> and then you throw in uh, a decentralized uh, exchange running on chain. You throw in, um, you know, tokens pegged to other cryptos. Right, as soon as you have a price feed for BDC, for Dogecoin, for whatever, you can have like kind of wrapped, sort of like wrapped Bitcoin, but not really like wrapped Bitcoin, where or wrapped Ethereum where the, it's just tracking the exact price of that asset, but it's all backed 
with no fractional reserve or anything by BCH. Like it's just it's going to be madness. This kind of stuff once you once you give it two or three years for liquidity to develop and all the tools and UI and stuff for everything to be built, this is just going to be blowing people out of the park in 2024 or 2025. There's just no, and there's nothing like this in any other crypt. It's not even close. So, I don't know. It's going to be great. I'm so pumped. <laughs> I like when it's here, I definitely. Maybe we could do a tutorial over this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, we can take in some of that uh, feedback. Yeah, maybe we should do an episode where we sit down, click through it, you know, explain what's going on under the hood, <laughs> get in some of the general protocols, guys to talk through it. Yeah, that would be super cool. And they can tell us about all the, the future, the past, all their trials and tribulations developing this, where people can hand in feedback. Yeah, that would be more like a, like a BCH builder's type of session but maybe we can combine it in with a podcast episode somehow um yeah super cool and i think uh one other final point to note about this that i think is really important is that bch apps are beginning to appear you know when this show's started i said look in 18 months you're going to be seeing a, a ecosystem happening and and it's 18 months later or a bit bit more and it, it is starting to happen, right? It's not not a torrent just yet. It's more of a more of a trickle, but it is happening. So we got any hedge come out. We had uh, Said talking about <laughs> Flipstarter.me. We had Podcash recently that we were talking about. Apps are starting to emerge. Obviously, we had all the smart BCH stuff until that uh, kind of fell apart. So it is it, it it is happening, and I'm very very glad to see that because. If there was no signs of any of this, I would probably be a little bit worried. But there's a, there's shoots of, you know, green shoots starting to appear, and the hardest thing is is things getting to that 0.1 release uh, from you know the it's like the eighty twenty problem. You know, the last ten percent takes eighty percent of the time. The last twenty percent takes eighty percent of the time, and the last ten percent of that takes ninety percent of the time. So as things roll out and they get into the public eye, that creates more interest in BCH, more people come in, there's more incentive for somebody else to start building an app, right? And it all becomes a compounding network effect. So yeah, I'm super, super excited for that. And I'm I'm really glad to see the community get to this point of producing exciting on-chain, on-chain products and apps, yeah. All right, next thing, that's enough about AnyHedge, but shout out to those guys. Great work by the general protocols team. All right, we got the AFAX <laughs> crypto leak scandal. This is our drama, drama post for the week. So there was this kind of incident, I guess, uh, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit. Anybody who has done the deep reading on this, I'm sure will 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 know better than I do. But some of the listeners might know nothing about it, so I guess it's all news to them. Uh, but essentially. There's this website, CryptoLeaks, who've had two other sort of expose-type cases of this online journalism kind of thing, but they have a bit of a weird hit job style, and they don't... It's not like the New York Times or anything. It's not like they have a backing of all this other work they've done, and they just kind of were doing this weird crypto article sort of semi-journalism hit job type of things. 
but they made two other ones which were a bit weird and I don't really know what they were about. Something about internet computer protocol or like it seemed like a bit biased or something. It was a bit weird anyway. They can't, I'd never even heard of them until they came out with this one where they published up and then subsequently got <laughs> taken down. These articles, Ava Labs Avalanche attacks Solana and cons SEC in evil conspiracy with bought law firm Roche Friedman. So the drama is that they like hired some sort of private investigator type of guys and got this footage of this dude, Kyle Roach, who is a lawyer that has worked with Ava Labs. Um, and he sort of admitted or he explained on camera in this kind of boardroom setting where he obviously didn't realize he was being filmed that he apparently got given 1% of AVAX in the token distribution and 1% also of Ava Labs, who is the company who sort of corporation that sits on top of the whole ecosystem. And that he got that because he was mates with Eamon Gunsura, who's the Gunsura, I'm not sure how to say his name exactly, who is the CEO of Ava Labs and the founder of the, of the, of the coin. And so he was mates with him and in these leaked videos, He's basically explaining that he was mates with him. And so the deal was, hey, you guys are going to be my law firm. And why don't you just, you've got these millions now from having the the AVAX. So why don't you just go out and just cause grief, like suing other coins to basically take them down. <laughs> this kind of like litigation sabotage uh, attacks. Uh, and of course the, so the, this sort of looks bad for everybody involved, right? The uh, the questions are raised around who 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 are these crypto leaks guys? What's their interest in uncovering all this in the first place? But even if you say, okay, that's just a public interest, okay, that's what they're doing. Well, then the lawyers they're up to some shady shit that's maybe on the on the edge of legality, let alone you know morality uh, in this sort of corporate sabotage almost like wolf of wall street style style stuff going on and then of course you have ava labs and them creating this uh creating these deals willingly and you know backing it up with coins from their ecosystem uh so in a weird way kind of crowdfunding like hit jobs on other cryptos across the industry um so yeah, there's there's a lot to this, and anybody can go if you look up crypto leaks, Kyle Roach, Avax. You can find it all. Kyle Roach came out with a bit of a statement where he basically said, uh, "I didn't do it," kind of thing, or I was like drunk or tricked or whatever. But there's like that's a bit of a stretch in my opinion. Uh, once you watch some of the videos, and then even Gunsura, he also came out and he said, "Look." We weren't really that related to uh, Kyle Roach. Like, yes, I know him and we have, you know, done deals in the past, but it was all this kind of small, unrelated stuff. And now this is all being taken out of context and blah, blah, blah. I don't know how much I believe that either. But anyway, that's his defense. Uh, <laughs> and just in all of this, I just think it's a crazy example, really, of 
I mean, in the BCH ecosystem, okay, we had the smart BCH drama recently, right? But even though people in the inside BCH want to doom and gloom, oh, it's all falling apart, we're having all these problems. Look, this happens in every crypto, right? They're having, might be a different variation of the same story, but it is the same story. This huge blow-ups, conflicts between people, shady deals going on behind the scenes, millions of dollars getting sloshed around to who knows where, yada 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 on and on and especially in the case of like avalanche or solana or whoever it just goes to show that if you have a relatively centralized corporation type of coin that might seem great in the short term okay guys everyone's on the same page we're all seeing from the same hymn sheet we've got the millions of dollars in investor money we've got the unlocks we've got blah blah, blah. we're pumping the price to the roof but the cracks that emerge sooner or later as the power struggle sets in as backstabbing goes on like coinflex blew up and it was a bad hit to the ecosystem but on the other hand people just shrugged it off off and moved on right this kind of avax crap like the whole thing can just fall apart i don't know if that's what's going to happen but it's definitely possible uh what what did you make of of any of this have you looked into it more did i get any of that wrong oh uh i have only looked into it in so far as what you've shared with me i saw like a little bit of complaints on twitter but i don't think i follow enough avax people for it to really like affect my my internet navigation um i i wonder how many people that are like really into avax care about this thing like i wonder how many people are kind of defecting from avax because i remember even before they launched like just the talk of this is a centralized thing this will continue to be centralized and i know like some of the early supporters coming in and being like, no, it'll be, you know, it might be a little, a little centralized, but the, the, it'll work out in the end, essentially. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, like whether or not they think that this is, uh, like the situation that would kind of show them that they're wrong or if they're just like, well, it is what it is. I, I would expect the latter. Yeah. I think I think it's sort of. I mean, there is a certain degree that people can get roped into crypto projects without being aware of of kind of what is actually going on. So, at least to my mind, like Bitcoin BTC is a prime offender in that category, where people can be in that for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, digital gold, and then at some point they look into it a bit more and they realize, wait a second, this this doesn't all add up but for if you contrast that to something like for instance bsv or like well i mean we already had the shit on bsv session but (laughs) avax or bsv or what's another good example ripple maybe something like that even litecoin i think yeah like you kind of you kind of can it's you don't have to dig too far to kind of get to the bottom of wait a second what's going on so i expect that most of the time people who are involved in that kind of stuff either are not involved deeply enough to know when this drama starts or to know what to make of it because they're not involved or if they are involved they know enough to know that this kind of thing was possible or could come up or like that was just what they'd signed up for so then when it happens they're maybe not surprised exactly but they're you know they're they're not likely to just bail on the whole oh i didn't realize this (laughs) and be out of there right 
Yeah, I think most of that crowd is uh, also just like tracing a profit. So, yeah, I mean, maybe good stuff is going to come out of AVAX. I don't know. I've been keeping an eye on Gabriel Cardona over there. He's been yeah in the subnet show, and I mean, there's some legit you know crypto people in the mix. So it's got to be something going on. But on the other hand. They did have their gigantic pump up the leaderboard and they're now slowly fading back into the pack. Same as everything else. Once the once the mania has uh, subsided, maybe what's substantial is not left behind all that much. A lot of our, our TVL is going through the roof, but then, you know, anybody's TVL. It's like market cap. Anybody's market cap, anybody's TVL can go through the roof. That's different to in three years you have a whole ecosystem of devs and products and community and message boards and whatever so i don't know i think it's worth keeping in mind anyway that people doom and glooming about bch what a drama coin like just open your eyes mate you can you can't swing a dead cat in crypto without without coins blowing up and having problems so uh yeah give me give me a break on that bch doom and gloom okay liz truss has found her way into the prime ministership of the united kingdom boris is out i'm yeah not the biggest political person so i'm probably the worst but even more than this avax stuff (laughs) i'm not really qualified to to comment on all of this but essentially she's now in charge of the conservative party and the other top candidate was going to be Rishi Sunak, who was the finance minister, basically the chancellor of the exchequer. And he also had talked about Bitcoin in the past. So I think people had this narrative going that he was going to be really friendly to crypto if he got in and won, but then he didn't and she did. So they're sort of, they're sort of backpedaling. And I've got this article here from Bloomberg news, uh, UK's crypto future in limbo as Truss wins prime minister race. While Sunak had championed crypto, Truss' position unclear. New leader faces array of challenges amid surging inflation. So crypto is clearly enough on the agenda that it's getting mixed into this sort of conversations for the general general public. Um, but on the other hand... I I don't you know I don't think that that she is really anti from what I understand she's kind of a bit libertarian-ish leaning and uh she's made some good comments about bitcoin I think in the past so anyway I I personally imagine that it'll be fine and I think also that politicians are <laughs> politicians are bit that's what people don't understand people think the world the politicians the government are going to come out with this huge attack on crypto and it's like well they do things once in a while like tornado cash got hammered the other day but on the other hand everybody else just carried on right and every politician is they're just a person right they might be in a ministry and all that but they're busy they're they're fighting their own little schemes and battles and whatever amongst each other perpetually how are they all going to unite together in this one big attack on crypto? It's never going to happen. So, <laughs> so in that case, I think this was, it kind of was this weird vibe of just like, 
if Rishi had got in, supposedly it would have been mad positive for crypto. But even though somebody got in instead, who also was probably very heavily on the crypto favoring spectrum, it was like downplayed. It's like, well, we don't know. Maybe crypto is in trouble. <laughs> but they're too busy to fight crypto, basically. I don't know. Any any thoughts about any of this? Or... Uh, no, I actually like only heard about this. I think yesterday. And... Oh, it only happened yesterday or the day before or whatever. <laughs> okay, was it like this? Wasn't a surprise election, right? Like people knew it was coming. Well, was it... yeah, yeah. People knew. People knew it was coming. It's been going on for I don't know, like a couple months or whatever. Where they ha- they started with like eight, and then people getting voted out in different rounds and whatever but it got down to these final two and then there was a bit of a period where I, maybe they had some tv debates or something i, I don't even follow this um, you know the newspaper yeah especially now i don't live in london when i lived in london i could uh read the paper on the underground but now it's just so disconnected but anyway yeah it, it wasn't surprising that they were having this showdown but i think maybe it was slight i sort of thought rishi might have been in with a good good shot but it seems like in the end he got beaten fairly handily because the the previous steps like of people getting eliminated it's all voting in the in the the ministers and whatever but then this last one it, it was like to the conservative party membership directly so i think that was why it was a bit of a question mark as to oh maybe somebody just like uh liz truss obviously got loads of just like punters well like yeah <laughs> let's go with her so there you go okay all right, that's enough UK politics shit I don't know about. So let's move on to more politics that I don't know about. We've got Michael Malice stirring up some anarchy. So this, because the crypto news was a bit thin this week and actually it's going to be a pretty long episode now. Um, so we don't have to do this in all that much depth. But uh, he was on Twitter uh, with this lady, Kathy Griffin, who said some person with millions of followers if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want civil war, vote Republican. Pretty divisive kind of statement. But anyway, Michael Malice, the uh, Twitter <laughs> troll extraordinaire and uh, anarchist uh, thinker, <laughs> was replying, I don't want to change your mind or argue with you, but I don't want to share a country with you either. A peaceful divorce leaves everyone better off. And then he was uh, crowing about this with, just ratioed uh, Kathy Griffin. Peaceful coexistence is preferable to forced union, tradition, and a shared language, though one increasingly splitting into two dialects are poor reasons to continue as one country. So he's been on this bandwagon for a while, like six or seven years, and he's been actually, I'd say bandwagon, but he's been pushing the cart, basically, of this idea that America should have a national divorce, as he calls it, they should split. He's said... Uh, he's he's not really that interested in the details uh, as far as I can tell like he doesn't have a plan like it should go down like this he said okay it could happen in two or it could happen in five or it could you know various combinations but he's just trying to get everyone the idea and get them hyped about splitting up America basically he, he is sort of it seems more on the Republican side like he generally disagrees with the Democrats but he's not exactly a Republican either I think he just likes stirring the shit uh, and any chaos and split up is basically to his anarchist ends 
so I, I anyway, I know you're a big fan of Michael Malice. Uh, have you been following all this? And what what do you think about the whole national divorce that he's trying to initiate? Uh, I think I mentioned this before. He has me blocked on Twitter. I think he thinks I'm a bot. Uh, so I didn't. I unfortunately didn't get to see this. I don't like go out of my way to look when people have blocked me. But uh, I noticed real quick he, in the background of his profile picture there. It's the logo for Sheath Underwear. They now accept Bitcoin Cash, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so just shouting that out here. Uh, well, that's our shout out for the show. That's our uh, feedback. You know, that said we should do one one store per week. Sheath Underwear. They're the store this week. Go and check it out. We got a hundred percent dudes listening as well too. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. They they got you covered, man. Best underwear. Um. Yeah. I wish. I'm curious to see. Well. I'm surprised anyone listens to Kathy Griffin anymore. Like after, uh, who who is that? I like I should honestly have researched this a little bit, but I looked at her Twitter profile and then forgot it went in one ear out the other. I don't know how she got famous. I know the reason she is in like public discourse now. If she's who I'm thinking of, and I'm pretty sure she is. She got uh, real big when Trump was elected or maybe some short time after that because she did a photo op where she was holding like a decapitated Trump head um, and people lost their shit. Uh, and it even got Trump's attention. So, yeah, but she is like she a- says mayor of Zero Foxville, two time Emmy and Grammy award winning comedian. Okay, comedian. so she's kind of a comedian. 23 specials, one feature film. Okay, all right. I follow a lot of comedy. I don't see anyone being like Kathy Griffin, <laughs> man. <laughs> she, well, if she's uh, usually all the comedians, they're all best mates with Michael Malice, like yeah. Joe Rogan and whatever. You know, Bill Burr is probably mates with him or whatever, I imagine. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Might be a might be a, a different brand of comedy if you catch my drift. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the maybe the old uh, unfunny comedy type of industry. You know, I'm uh, I'm gonna go check it out if if she's saying that she's a comedian. Uh, but yeah, from seeing what I know of her, this doesn't surprise me at all. I'm surprised that people give any credit because she like freaked. Like, she did this, and then she stood by it for a bit, and then she was, like, playing the victim, and then she had a little bit of a breakdown, and I guess she's back into stirring shit up. I'm glad that Michael's, like, clapping back real quick, and that he got more uh, more likes off. It was, like, when Sailor, I think, was getting ratioed one morning. Uh, the classic, yeah. yeah. The classics of, uh, of Twitter dramas. But, I, I mean, I just wanted to bring it up because I, I'm super interested in this idea about national divorce obviously i'm not american you're not american so that sense we've got terrible opinions as to how it would all work but i can certainly see that with the in the current world right with uh especially with social media it does seem to be polarizing particularly in america faster and faster and so i can see even if the actual realities of how this would work are a hard sell or an uphill battle I can see that there might actually be significant appetite in the population for it. Like at a different time in history, there's not a single remote, you know, snowflakes chance in hell that enough Americans would seriously consider this idea. 
but I think maybe at this point they would like for instance uh in, in Canada or in Australia after the coronavirus uh, uh you know lockdowns and all this sort of stuff um obviously there were some people like you and me that were less <laughs> enthused about that but as a general segment of the population it didn't create a strong broad-based polarization or, or or discontent or whatever right but that was not the case in america and so i can see i don't know i can see the appetite being there and once the appetite is there then maybe the practicalities become more into question is this really going to happen type of thing i wonder if i'm trying to think of what the big difference would be because i think a lot of canadians got like sick of things but it's cold here right like We've won wars just because it's cold here. So uh, I'm, I'm, I wonder if is it, is it just a numbers thing? Like, because Americans are like so crammed packed into their states. What, what do you mean? Like, just what a numbers thing? Uh, why it's not as divided in places like Canada or Australia? Because oh, if you really hate your neighbor, you can go out into the woods. <laughs> uh, yeah i guess that's part of it i think it's also just well it just comes from history you know they're like they're more you know they had this war of independence where there was a lot of loyalists and and whatever who were kind of not on the same page or what have you and then you obviously had the civil war as well too and it's just a very just a very polarized place all around uh the social harmony in america has never been top tier to begin with for you know a hundred different reasons uh basically but i mean the whole like states rights element is much bigger there than it is in uh, certainly in australia and i imagine also in canada the federal government just kind of bullies the states a lot more um as in america and they have all this stuff with their judicial system uh, all this shenanigans going on there that you know is a bit less political in other countries i think it's a lot of reasons basically but uh that well that's why i can see them sort of i don't want to see being crazy enough but that's why i can sort of see this thing getting there like maybe not tomorrow but if things carry on the direction they are in over the next 20 or 30 years i can kind of see a world where maybe america splits into two somehow or like i don't know enough about america to really say what would be the best distribution but i can sort of see a a way in which texas and florida get together and kind of lump in a few of the ones that are a bit more kind of republican with them and then just make a bit of a break for it and say hey hey guys how about how about we just become our own separate country and figure out the details like crazier things have happened uh, yeah i don't know we don't need to touch on this too much more but uh just just something i was i was interested to see a, a little conversation that we might might be seeing more of it. i've got it on the next slide um Somebody said to him, the thing about democracy is it allows the people to hold those in power accountable at the ballot box. I suppose <laughs> you all would would prefer anarchy. And Michael Malice just responded with a yes meme, you know, some unaware Twitter person just <laughs> stumbling in to tell, like, one of the world's 
most known anarchists that he would prefer anarchy <laughs> uh just just quite uh quite ironic really it um, looks like that yes meme was made for him too him yeah yeah, yeah beautiful um, um, he's 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 prepared he's got his meme game on point uh beach Hat says news is trying to divide us but people are too apathetic in reality to be involved well i think that's what it comes down to right is that there's twitter drama but 99% of people 99% of the time are just trying to you know pay their grocery bills and live their lives but i can increasingly see that in america like it's not it's it's less and less that it's just it's that scenario where there's online drama but in real life people are, it it actually is like in real life people are rustled about this kind of shit and are arguing over it and it does cause problems in families and you know all that kind of thing so that's why I can see it more happening happening there, maybe. It's more likely to happen than people logging off, so <laughs> that that is never going to happen. Yeah. So the the rage rage buttons of social media uh, are going strong. And that ties into then my next thing. Again, this could be a whole different uh show, but I just thought it was worth touching on the the part about splitting up countries into different things has been on my mind with uh Balaji Srinivasan and the network state and he has all these ideas that are basically about people making kind of online countries essentially where like but he doesn't put it that way he does talk about crypto but the like the bitcoin cash community is essentially a perfect example of you you have it's hard to say exactly what it is, but you do have some sort of a kind of voluntary country going on it, mostly online. But if you take a little bit of a leap and you say, okay, well, like my flat or my room or like your you know house or whatever could be in some ways considered like an embassy or an outpost or even just a block of land that is sort of part of the Bitcoin cash conglomerate around the world uh, in that if other people like Bitcoin cash and they want to come here, I will be friendly to them uh, that you've then created a sort of uh, distributed country almost. And that if you built up a bit more, like it's probably not at a tipping point yet, but if you built up another certain amount of people, you would start having more and more kind of physical locations that people could manifest in terms of like a Bitcoin cash. Like they are, they do exist like Bitcoin embassies, Bitcoin cash embassies, people's little projects and has like sovereign none has a lodium, right? So they're friendly to Bitcoin cash, these kind of things that people are setting up that at a certain point, if these communities get big and powerful enough, like crypto already is influencing the, government of the u.s when they try and ban things you know suddenly there's all these lobbyists come out of nowhere well uh, maybe if as time goes on that formalizes a little bit more and you start having these kind of virtual nation states which actual physical nation states have to start to negotiate with however that would operate and that whatever sort of the virtual what are they called network states are starting up that the ones that are succeeding will essentially be able to draw in more 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 and more people until they 
do have a like Bitcoin Cash already has an economy. It certainly has that. Uh, and so do several other cryptos of varying size or quality, sure. But the, the it's not a question of zero to one. It's a question of one to a hundred at this point. Um, so at what point does that start infringing on, on, uh, on real, in quotation marks, countries? Do you, do you have any thoughts about yeah about that? Not much. I think that. <clears throat> sorry, I think that. Um, like I'm looking at this last question, like over and over. Will they be recognized by nations? And I feel like that's a big no, unless there's like some type of war, whether that is these little bit, these little decentralized um communities are producing economic value and then they start saying like no you have got to do things these way this way um i don't know this is like a very big concept jeremy <laughs> yeah 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 i mean we've, we've already had a lot of lot in this show we can maybe do we can have some chat about this at the bitcoin cash conference or something we can have everybody yeah. just having a beer and and talking it over so maybe we just seed it in everyone's mind now to read the network state i've read this as part of it i need to probably read the full thing uh and we'll just just because because just it, it i mean it's a fun thing to talk about if you think like we were talking about the global reserve currency before if you if you take that to its sort of logical conclusion you're given the benefit of the doubt you assume okay bitcoin cash is going to take over everything there's got to be a point at which the Bitcoin Cash community is a size is like the dominant voting block of small countries and then medium countries and then big countries. And at a certain point, it's got an economy that, like, it already has maybe an economy bigger than a couple of tiny little island nations. Like, for instance, St. Kitts, maybe the whole global Bitcoin Cash adds up to more than St. Kitts if Bitcoin Cash is already. 20 or 30 percent of what's going on in saint kitts anyway right then like if saint kitts wants to negotiate in some capacity with the bitcoin cash community that's like that's a real that's a real thing especially if we're having conferences there and it's like significantly boosting their tourism and economy you know yeah it'd be interesting to see how that negotiation kind of thing would take place <laughs> yeah well that's that's the that's the point it's not it's not a traditional structure so it's like who do they negotiate with what what are the terms like how is any of that enforced or guaranteed very difficult to know but uh this is the what you know this is the world of political science that we're moving into because crypto has proven resilient enough that you don't you can operate this thing and they can't be shut down and stopped so it's well Dynaporn says would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. And and that's I don't know. We're gonna we're we're gonna see. Balaji, he he's not I, I think I sort of tend to think of it from the perspective of the Bitcoin Cash community is already this and it's a question of, of where that develops. He sort of sees it as more he's got these grand ideas about how everything would be done and cryptocurrency is sort of one little aspect to it, you know. He sort of somehow thinks that everybody's going to make a network state about, I don't know, uh, 
living longer, like life extending technology. And everybody who loves that is going to be in that community on Reddit. And then they're going to start turning it into a proto country. I don't think it, yeah, it seems to me he's a bit unaware of like the fact that crypto already is this, <laughs> but uh, he just is seeing it from the, the lens of it'll be something plus crypto rather than it will be crypto plus something. Uh, but anyway, um, we'll see. Yeah, everybody think about this and we'll, we'll chat about it at the St. Kitts conference uh, after after day drink stream or something like that. Uh, all right, then, yeah, moving more towards the end, a few of these uh, slides, we can just rip through these. So I've got here some uh, Dolly, Dolly, BCH art, which BCH.games generated from an AI. So there's a picture here of, it's basically like, people in a kind of futuristic nightclub type of thing with a Bitcoin cash symbol. And then you've got one of Bitcoin cash, not an obelisk, but a, a statue in the middle of, of like a big city with all these people milling around, almost kind of like worshiping it a little bit. I don't know what prompts they were using to generate these, these artworks, but they're super cool and interesting to look at. And it certainly seems that AI art suddenly getting to the point where, like if you told me a real artist had painted this or digitally created it or whatever, I would have been completely unsurprised. Like, I don't know how I would tell this apart from whether or not a human made this. It's not obviously like some glitchy AI bullshit. There's certainly, I mean, there's maybe a little bit distorted and weird, but you could just put that down to artistic interpretation on the part of the artist anyway. So I don't know. We're just moving into a world that this AI stuff, this network state stuff is, is arriving pretty fast, even if people don't realize it on mass, I think. Those are pretty sick. I like the one on the right. <laughs> yeah, I do too as well. Because this is, you can almost imagine this, right? Yeah. Like at St. Kitts, you can imagine, I don't know, just Roger decides, fuck it. BCH <laughs> is now like at a good at a good uh, amount. You know, there's now lots of commerce. People are actually kind of loving it. Let's just put up a, a monument, uh, you know, giant BCH coin. Because that's, that's what this network stuff, network state stuff is kind of driving at, I think, which is the idea that things can be manifested in uh, uh, like the Petri dish online. And it can kind of organically grow and then it can just pop out into the real world as suddenly everyone being like, holy cow, in the past, maybe if you wanted to get a, a movement or something going, you had to start it, okay, at the local bar and you had to have meetups and you had to sort of ferment the rebellion there and the, the gathering slowly got bigger and bigger, you know, in meat space. But now it can all happen online and nobody can really be too... Uh, plugged into it necessarily and then suddenly it wants to make a make a point in the physical world and it all just coalesces and it's like bam it's all here uh which is hopefully how it's going to be in st kitts with the uh, <laughs> with the with the with the conference <laughs> jay diz says if we're gonna make it i'll put this in my yard <laughs> that would be amazing uh i think a lot of bch people like i think and I really want to do it at some point. We're not there yet, but sort of on the related to what we we're saying earlier, if the podcast keeps growing and all that, 
at a certain point, we'll be able to have a studio. We'll be able to have the Bitcoin Cash podcast studio, and that will be that network state manifesting uh, into the real world, basically. Um, I don't know. It was just all in my mind. And then I've got another slide. You can just uh, flick through this as well, too, which is basically uh, it's kind of a similar thing. It seems like a variations on that same prompt one, which is sort of the nightclub with the BCH light sort of DJ <laughs> uh, display kind of thing. But this time with everybody looks like they're wearing morph suits <laughs> for some reason. And then you have another, another kind of more religious ornament type of one. But this time the people are, uh, it's a bit more grim. The people are looking a bit more zombified and there's this kind of spearhead poking in from the side so it almost seems like a like a religious uh you know kind of uh aztec <laughs> ritual kind of thing almost going on so yeah <laughs> the one on the Worship left reminds thing. me of like uh like an alien portal of some kind and these are all <laughs> little aliens trying to get get through <laughs> Get into the Bitcoin Cash universe or get beamed up into outer space, some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. You think it's more aliens. I didn't yeah. think of it like aliens. Uh, to me, it just looks too, they're still too humanoid. It just looks like, yeah, people, like the proportions are a bit weird, but it's kind of like, well, they're just wearing morphs. That's literally exactly what people in morph suits look like. Uh, but yeah, maybe it is aliens. AI, AI thinking about aliens. That's cutting humanity completely out of the loop there. Um, all right. And then meme of the week is from Rothmus. <laughs> He's got the meme of all these marching NPCs and half of them have the Republican R and half of them have the Democrat D on their head and they're all thinking, I hope my team wins so my point of view will be forced on the other half of the nation or I'll get angry. And this is just kind of to this theme of... Uh, the network states and uh, division and national divorce. I thought, yeah, from the from the anarchist point of view, it's all pretty simple. <laughs> Every the government's always the bad guys, and everybody else is just, you know, giving them option A or B. But it's really one or the other hand of the same, the same option, right? Uh, just kind of making fun of that, I guess. Community comment of the week: Dennis in the smart BCH Telegram. I came up with a banger where Ednardo Lima said, when will we see another bridge from SBCH to BCH? Is it really that difficult to do this? And Dennis said, let us know when you're done <laughs> with the with the uh, sunglasses, cool emoji. Uh, and I just, I cracked up laughing when I read that because it's just so true. I love it anytime anyone says, this can't be that hard. And somebody just says, do it then and it's just like that's just the ultimate call out like everyone knows you're not going to do it. of course you're not because it's hard and you're just commenting on the internet and you don't really realize what's involved and that's why you think it's easy <laughs> so yeah it made me laugh made me laugh too worth it worth it okay quality uh community comment of the week all right and then we got message to the community uh i've had a good rant about several several topics do you want to do you want to get in there or i've got i've got something i can say as well either way um i guess my only message because i don't think we talked about this on the podcast is like i will be in saint kitts on oh yeah 
in November. So hopefully I'll be spending the full two weeks there. Um, I have travel insurance for a full two weeks, so I might as well take advantage of it. Um, or I guess 13 days because I'll get there on the 10th, but whatever. Uh, and yeah, I'm pumped and a little nervous, but it's going to be a blast. And I'm so excited to meet everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be absolutely amazing. And definitely, I mean, I'm going to be there for some extra time as well, too. So I, I, we'll play it a bit by ear. We'll see. We'll see exactly how it goes down. But I sort of see it as more like we'll get there. It'll be the early couple of days, you know, people will be sort of settling in or meeting each other or whoever's there early. Everybody's logistics are going to be slightly different. Then there's just going to be the two or three days of the conference, which is going to be crazy. There's going to be all the all the talks and everything is going to be lined up. All the, you know, uh, speakers and all the, like, like, it's just there's going to be an agenda and everything. So it's just going to be absolutely crammed. And then at in the evening as well, everybody's just going to be, going nuts going out having a good time connecting you know uh networking whatever it's gonna be just like monster and then especially it's hard to wrap a head around you know if saint kitts really is as good as promised and there is like bch uh adoption everywhere can you imagine just hundreds of people like showing up to some bar which and just them the bartender just being like Paid in Bitcoin cash, paid in Bitcoin cash, paid in Bitcoin cash, paid in Bitcoin. And just being like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, that was going to be fucking nutty. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then I, I sort of see it as probably most likely after the conference, it seems like it'll sort of like taper off a bit. You know, some people will be fed up and they'll leave, and some people are staying a little bit longer, and maybe they'll be sort of secondary. Oh, we're going for a, you know, a cruise to Nevis, or we're doing different things so we'll just uh play it by ear but there's there'll probably still just be people like i don't know making bitcoin cash content or hanging out or doing uh different i'm <laughs> i don't know exactly what it's going to turn into but it's going to be awesome either way so yeah i'm super psyched that you're going to be coming along and uh yeah i'm so looking forward to 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 meet meet everyone it's going to be amazing all right, that'll do it for the show then. Thank you, everybody, for watching. You can donate on the... Uh, today, we've just got the plain QR code, and the reason is that I was using a site called CWAQR Gen to generate the the codes, and they put up a, a notice saying, we're going to end this service in December, but then they just rugged, and uh, they've just ended it in September instead. So... I was caught off guard, but I did fork a copy of their open source code. So hopefully if I have the time, I can sit down and whip up a new little uh, QR code generator at some point because I think it's actually a lot cooler when it has the green and the, the BCH logo. Um, but yeah, that'll depend on whenever I have the time for that. But yeah, thank you very much to all the donators. Thank you to all the survey respondents. We did go through everyone's responses and everyone's uh, feedback. So hopefully... You felt like your time was well spent there. Uh, you can check out BitcoinCashPodcast.com for the start guide, the FAQ, the links, and everything. Shout out to uh, the podcast streamers. Thanks to Ricky, our Patreon. And shout outs for the show. What, what do you want to shout out this week? Any, any specifics? Not yet. I might have one for next week. Okay. All right. Well, next week it might be. I'm I'm well, going next on holiday, episode, so you know. 
next to, yeah, yeah but uh maybe uh well it might be the merge stream uh okay. potentially so so uh that might be the, the we'll we'll see i haven't uh let me see i'll have to line up the dates and see if that works but that might be the next one anyway um yeah cool so that uh that will do it for the show i guess i don't i really feel like i should have a shout out to someone um yeah the survey listeners just uh the survey survey respondents thank you very much for taking the time it was great to get that feedback 39 responses like 37 uh listen that's a lot that's a like a not a statistically insignificant amount uh and it was really good to see and bitcoin cash on its rise to global reserve currency it, there's we're building up the believers the the base the base is growing so it is getting there uh, and also to any hedge and the general protocols team like it's a huge project there they're working on it still it's it's starting to take its kind of baby steps uh you know in two or three years what what we're talking about on this show it's, go, it's going to be unrecognizable from the sort of very basics uh, of it but anybody who's done any engineering or any uh product development or anything knows how much work it can be to get to that v0.1 uh so getting that out is just monster and yeah bitcoin cash looking better than ever so that's it until next time the greatest story the world has ever known the rise and rise of bitcoin